focus of attention has, has been a, an area of research that has um, emerged in the last 15, 20 years. Uh, Gabrielle Wolf at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, has been doing a lot of, a lot of the studies, and they've found now over accumulation of many, many, many studies with people of different ages, uh, with different sports skills, um, including golf, that if you practice with an external focus of attention, your immediate performance uh, will improve, as will your long-term performance. So it has a, there's no um, uh, learning performance distinction here. In this case, what you see happening on the short term is actually happening on the long term as well. Um, can, so can I stop right there? We'll just define that an external focus sure. versus internal. Okay. And I'll divert to you to make it nice and clear. Uh, yeah, I wish I could Ish. make it nice and clear. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to know exactly what uh, external and internal means. But basically, an internal focus of attention is where you are thinking about producing a shot or how the shot feels as you're actually making a shot. Okay, so when you're swinging the club, you're thinking about how to make the swing or thinking about how the swing is feeling as you're making it. So either sensory or motor attention to the swing itself. An external focus of attention would be when you are thinking about something and here's where the definition becomes a little loose, <laughs> outside the body. So you might be thinking about um, contacting the ball with the club. You might be thinking about a target out in the fairway. Um, but your attention is elsewhere than focusing on the swing itself. So again, the, the definitions are a little bit loose. But the nice thing is that the research has accumulated over the over a number of studies and over a period of time showing that similar types of instructions, internal or external, are having similar types of effects. Um, whether, um, whether it's a basketball player thinking about his or her arm as they're shooting a free throw compared to, which would be an internal focus, compared to focusing on the front of the rim as an external focus. And I could go through a number of different sports, but the idea here is that you're uh, focusing internally versus um, internally on producing a movement itself or externally on the results of the action. And you said in some of the challenge of these studies is the fact that you're not quite sure what the subject yeah, is really paying attention to, but the accumulation over time seems to lead exactly. to, to the conclusion that... Exactly. One of the criticisms of the research is that even though you might give that person an internal or external focus of attention as an instruction from an experimenter, you don't really, you're not really sure that they're actually doing that when they're making. When you guys aren't measuring this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's a good, that's a good point. One of the things you could do, I guess, would be to, uh, and we're not at this point, but maybe uh, put someone in an fMRI machine or, or look at. Um, EEG activity and, and understand whether you've got similar patterns of activity going on, but we're not at that point yet. But even with these instructions, even though they are a little bit loose and even though you may not know for sure that the individual is actually doing what is asked of them, 
there have now been tens and tens and tens, I wouldn't say hundreds, but many, many, many studies over a long period of time that are showing essentially the same results. Mm -hmm. And not just from one lab, from a number of different labs. Uh, so it's not just a set of studies that is coming out from Gabby's work, but from a number of different labs. And they're all showing something similar, and that is that the an external focus of attention seems to produce not only better results, but better learning than an internal focus of attention. And What's kind of cool is it reminds me of something I read one time in a book by Pia Nielsen and, and Lynn Marriott talk about um, a think box and a play box, yeah. and then there's a line. So a decision line. A decision line. Yeah. So the idea is that when you're in your think box, you can do your internal focus of attention, but once you stop, once you cross that decision line and step into your play box. Now you should be on you know, completely in an external focus of attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that their intuition is backed up 100% by what the, the research that's come out of Gabby's lab and other labs. Right. Yeah, I feel like they've had a lot of success in that realm of the, you know, I think in golf, if you look at it, is it uh, coaches generally in the mainstream are. are you know, lumped into technical coaches, or then there's mm -hmm. like, you know more mental game coaches, and I would right. say P and Lynn do a whole lot more than just what we might define as the mental game, but they're, right. they're lumped into that. And I think having right. um, pushing on pushing the right buttons, and it's, it right. seems like you said to match up with some of the yeah, and again, science. Yeah. There's there's some unknowns though, and this is where um, if I was still doing research actively. This would be one of the things that would be exciting to me is that is is one of the questions I would have is how how do you make changes without you know, an internal focus and I guess the issue would come down to and this is where the mental part comes in you probably make changes intern using an internal focus but still when you take the swing you must have an external focus. Um, and 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 then that now comes back to this whole issue of specificity of practice that we talked about earlier. You know, somehow out on the range, you have to practice focusing externally. It's not something that's magic. It's just going to happen when you step on the course. Okay, now I need to focus externally on the course. No, you need to practice focus externally on the range. Um, so so do your internal dialogue in that think box, as Nielsen and Marriott would say. But every time you step up to hit the ball, practice with that external focus. You have to be able to change. To be able to change. In that short period of time. Yep. Then react. Yeah, I think uh, mainstream in golf would say this guy's a technical player, or this guy's a field player, mm -hmm. or girl. Um, and so the, I think in my world, and does this make sense to you, uh, if mainstream would call them technical versus field, it might be the technical player is a more internally focused player. The field player, which is actually an internal thing, is it might actually be more, uh, field might not be the right word, it might be a visual player, they're mm -hmm. more externally focused. Mm -hmm. and, and it's sort of muddy waters now, but right. I'm trying to connect yeah, you know, our mainstream to, to yeah. some of the work that, that I wonder, do you know any players, though, that actually uh, 
think internally as they're hitting the ball? Um, I think that's where the when we're talking about muddy waters is, is if, if you don't have a really clear definition for what's internal. Okay. Um, yeah. I've hit lots of golf shots in my life thinking about what my body feels like right. while I'm doing it. Right. Does that make me an internal player? Is it right. a feel player? Mm. Um, is it good or bad? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Am I being inefficient? Um, you know, this is this is a, the nuts and bolts I think in golf, where maybe one of the good questions instructors would have is, yeah, what do I need to be paying attention to mm -hmm. while I'm swinging? And Gabby's work seems to say that thinking about what the golf club's doing might be better than what my right elbow's doing, mm -hmm. or is it as simple as that even? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I think this is this could be like a long a long term yeah. program, or maybe even just kick us off into. And it's research study. And at this point, it's probably um, a bit, as I said, loose to to define clearly what's going on uh, in the results and, and why they're getting the results they are. But um, clearly, there's something to this notion of, of um, clearing your mind, letting the swing take care of itself, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, another researcher calls it flow. You know, yes. You know, when you're, and and a number of of of, uh, of players from different sports when they talk about um, excellent performance, uh, they usually say, you know, my mind is free. I just let it go. Right. Yeah. You know, whether it's skiing downhill or whether it's um, swinging racking to a pitch in baseball or or swinging effortlessly on the golf course. Um, when you seem to be in that zone, uh, it seems to be something that's very externally focused. So, um, so again, it's ill-defined at this point, but I think it's exciting research for the future. I think it's pretty applicable, certainly in our sport, mm -hmm. being uh, that golfers are, we use the term so often that they Golfers get paralysis by analysis and can't, yeah. can't perform up to their level right. um, because of that. And I, and I think within the, the items that we're talking about, I think this is where it lies, is, is what's the mental, ch mental chatter, what are the conversations you're having with yourself, and how do you actually train to get to the peak performance? Right. And, um, and it's something that I'm personally interested in. I feel like that's been my golf career that's changed quite a lot is that I, I feel that I'm more externally focused. Mm -hmm. I think I still can perform well with some internal focus, but in a very abstract or vague way without a whole lot of precision to it. Mm -hmm. um, like Hebron would call it just in the ballpark. That's right. a term that I've heard him use right. of the, throughout the literature that you know, we're not trying to get too precise here and that I've got to let the little inner athlete inside me right. kind of control most of what's going on. Yeah. And maybe I, I just need to have something conscious there, to be honest, really just as a distraction. Right. It probably doesn't right. matter what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, if I've trained in the right kind of environments mm -hmm. and used the right processes that I have access there and, and my instincts can help me find a way to get that ball launching right. and moving the way that I want it to. There's a, um, a cartoon image that you could pull up on the internet. It's called 1.5 seconds of thought. And it's a golfer. Yeah. And in the middle of the swing, you've you got these about 50 or 60 thoughts going on. Yeah, you know? and, and I went through and, and read all those at one point. 
and and try to categorize them as internal or external. And about 95% of them are internal, you know, what I would consider an internal focus of attention. Um, so there's certainly a lot of opportunities for things like that to creep into your mind as you're swimming the club. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you believe Gabby, a lot of them are not going to be productive to a good goal swing. Right. I think, like you said, though, that if you're going to if you're going to improve a motor skill, well, Gabby's research does seem to lead to the fact that external can do a lot of things for you. Right. Um, but I think we have enough, at least anecdotal evidence, that in golf, some kind of um, awareness of body awareness, mm -hmm. conscious control mm -hmm. of what my body's doing at certain times of my golf development mm -hmm. and learning. I would. Ne I'm never going to throw it out. I think 100%. Right. I just try to. Right. I encourage my students to think about their golf club a whole lot more than mm -hmm. uh, their wrist angles. Mm -hmm. um, but we can bring those two things together because they're going to have their wrist angles when they're out on the golf course. Right. Right. So it doesn't ever disappear from them. But uh, for a total flow experience in 1.5 seconds of, mm -hmm. of golf swing, mm -hmm. um, trying to be too precise with some of it, I think, right. don't think leads to good good result. And I don't want to get too far off the line, but if I have a hypothesis or a theory when it comes to how that turns into not just non-peak performance, but in golf we have the yips. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is a good time, and I don't want to belabor the point, but um, it's not a ton of the work that we do in golf, but it's certainly a dramatic version of our student when they come to us that, that it's a um, it's a big problem for them. My common, mm -hmm. my most regular student, uh, as a let's say as an adult, wants to be more consistent. Right. But then, so that's a that's a battle that we've got to face about what is consistency and how right. you're going to train to to make that happen. Um, is there anything you know? If I'm talking to a motor learning expert and we're talking about um, things like the yips in golf, where does that pathway lead when it comes to? Any analysis or studies? I've, I've read a couple, but um, I'm not quite sure. I don't personally have the buy-in on the studies just yet, or I haven't mm -hmm. delved deep enough to see what it is. And I have, I have my own thoughts on that total uh, uncontrolled movement. It mm -hmm. seems to happen on short shots, but I've seen it in my in my golf life on everything from a driver swing to an approach to a pitch putt, sand, right. everything. Uh, I think if someone ever gets to the yips while they're dropping a penalty stroke, then we might be in some serious trouble. But. Yeah, didn't, wasn't didn't, uh, Robert Carlson, wasn't he the golfer that yeah, dropped out of the British Open at one point because he had the yips? He couldn't pull the driver back. Yeah. He didn't start the swing. That sounds familiar. You know, so, anytime. So, you right. So, you, you think about it mostly with putting, but I guess it could happen in any shot. There's um, been a lot of guys at the high level. Hank Haney talks, talked about it in his hmm. book. Uh, with a driver for him. Mm. Um, I think the same thing, Ian Baker Finch, after he was tops in the world, 91, British Open, and then lost his way. Right. He talks about the fact that he couldn't hit the fairway at the first hole at St. Andrews huh. and lost it off the tee. And I've, yeah, so it definitely can happen throughout the bag. Is that over the course of that swing, uh, coming down, there's, there's potential there for absolute disaster and it kind of comes in and, it, and yeah. it's just a, it's not just a poor golf shot it's just something yeah. that you almost can't even recreate if you try it on the range yeah i i wish i had um 
something intelligent that I could tell you about the yips? <laughs> I, I, I really Just don't. Just talk in your nice tone. Uh, <laughs> no, I really, uh, you know, it, it seems like, <laughs> it seems like um, there might be a relationship between the yips and focus of attention, but I'm not really sure. I, it, so this really uh, almost comes into the realm of, of uh, uh, of, you know, case by case behavior. Right. You know, and I'm sure that that uh, I'm guessing that there's probably different reasons for that particular um, ailment, if you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure if there's any one particular solution to it. So uh, nothing. No literature. I think we can do some. There is a little bit of literature on it. I just don't know it very yeah. well. Yeah. It's an interesting thing I think in our game that you know. Seems like how do we even talk about it? You said ailment, and we talk about it as disease almost, because it does seem like such an unknown occurrence when it happens. It's not, you know, somebody stands up there and slices every right. t-ball off, off right. uh, uh, over the course of the round of golf. But, well, it's at least predictable. They don't like it and right. go very far, and it gets right. them into the woods or the rough. But it seems like that's fixable, or or there could be a change yeah. to that. When you're standing over a three-foot putt, it seems like such a simple task, or whatever kind of yip that you get, mm -hmm. it seems like a physically totally different um, experience than all the rest of your golf shots. Right. And I think the unknown, <laughs> the unknown in that, makes it worse too, because mm -hmm. you, you have no idea what's going on, how to control it, or how to mm -hmm. um, reduce it from or eliminate it from your game. Mm -hmm. So, want to look on that, I guess. Down yeah. There.